the day after Christmas. And I hope that everyone who is listening to this on the day or the week that this podcast is released has had a wonderful and peaceful holiday. I am recording this podcast after having a little bit of conversation with one of my relatives about babies and their sleep and nap schedules. It was just a quick conversation, a few sentences really, but it got me thinking about a concept that I have used in the classroom with children quite a bit. In the classroom, there is usually a lot of routine. There is a daily schedule and teachers work really hard to make it very predictable for children. They use pictures to make a visual schedule. When a two or three-year-old asks a teacher what is happening next, instead of just answering the question and telling the child, they might bring them over to the visual schedule and talk about what has already been done today and see if the child can get some new understanding of what is coming next and how to figure that out based on what is happening right now. But when I was a classroom teacher, I loved to use a concept myself of making the daily routine the same but different. What I mean by this is that let's take circle time. And circle time, for those of you who are not really familiar with the daily routine in an early childhood education environment, is just basically a meeting on the rug when everyone sits in a circle that's the name, and follow some regular components. Some of these components might be a greeting or a good morning song, checking the weather, and maybe recording it on a chart, doing something to acknowledge the day or the date, a story, songs, a game, and talking about any daily information that you might want to communicate to the class about that day or about the activities that will be offered that day. Now, I have seen teachers do circle time where it looks very different every day. It was a completely, it could be a completely different thing that was planned to do during that circle time of day. And I have also seen teachers that follow the exact same components at circle with really no change at all from day to day. Maybe the child who is chosen to go to the window and look at the weather is a different child each day, but basically everything is exactly the same. And some children love that routine, but many children would be bored at that and would kind of check out and make their own fun with the kids that they are sitting with, usually in some kind of way that might frustrate the teacher. Because if a child isn't actively engaged in an activity, they are certainly going to amuse themselves and engage in some other activity. So when I used to plan my circle time, I used this concept, same but different. So the components of the meeting time were the same. It followed a regular pattern, but I was very mindful about changing it up so that it was different each day. For example, when I had a four and five-year-old classroom, humor is something that they don't always get. They love very silly things, but they really don't get puns or sarcasm or jokes that older children might get. 
So we did a joke of the day at Sarkal time. Someone got to pick one out of the jar and we would read it and kind of explain what it was that was funny about it. So we were learning about what the concept of a joke was and then breaking it down to understand if something might have been funny because maybe one word meant two different things or whatever was the particular reason why the answer would make someone laugh. Now, that's a really small example, but basically the whole circle time continued in that way. We played a little bit of a short game at afternoon circle time in a way that was teaching how to play a game. So if we were teaching doggy doggy, where's your bone to the children, we would teach the rules and then give maybe two turns to show how to play. But then there might be a different full length version of that game at another time that wasn't circle time. But the different part of same but different was that we might do a game for maybe five days in a row so that the children could learn the game. And then the next week, it would still be learning a game, but it would be a different game. Okay, so you get what I mean. So back to that nap time discussion that I had during the holidays. We were basically talking about the concept that parents can be very different in how routined they are when raising their children with the specific example of giving your child an afternoon nap. So let's think of it as a spectrum that you can be on. Some parents may kind of just go with the flow and do something different every day and their child just packs up and goes with them to do whatever they're doing. And if their child is tired, wherever they are, then they will fall asleep. That would be one one end of the spectrum that we could call flexibility. At the other end of the spectrum would be the parents that have a very established routine for nap that might involve the way that the child is put into their crib or bed at a particular time and place that it happens, usually at home, which means that a parent might make sure that they are not anywhere else at that time, but will always make plans to be at home so that nap can always happen in the exact same way. We can call that end of the spectrum routine. And then, of course, like any good spectrum, there may be many, many places in between routine and flexibility. And that is where all of the parents and guardians that might have a routine most of the time, but use flexibility some of the time when you are somewhere else other than home. That's where they would be in that middle. So if your child takes their nap in the same place, but maybe not at an established time, maybe you wait until the child displays signs of being tired, then you fall somewhere in that middle. If your child always has a nap at around one, but maybe you're never in the same place, you just have a particular song that you sing or a blanket or snuggly or pacifier that you give the child that signifies it's time for nap, and then it just happens on the go, then you might fall somewhere in that middle area. 
Now, this podcast is certainly not to say that at any point at all on the spectrum is the right point to be at. People are different. Children are different. And you also want to consider the personality and the temperament of both the parent or the guardian. I mean, either when I say parent, but both the caregiver and the child. You also want to consider whether the caregiver and the child are a match or maybe a mismatch for each other. You might have both that thrive on flexibility and just go with the flow and sleep if needed, sleep some days and don't sleep other days, and maybe go down just more easily at night if they haven't had a nap during the day. When there's a match like that, it works great. It might also work really well if both parent and child are very routine, then that's a match. If there's a mismatch, then nap time can most likely feel like a problem. A very go-with-the-flow parent who does not want to come home every day at one o'clock, but who has a child that is completely thrown off by any change in routine, that they're going to have a hard time together. You will most likely be out in public or someone else's house with a very cranky child. And by the same logic, a parent who wants nap time to go exactly the same way every day, but who might have a child that is really flexible, probably ends up trying to put a child to bed who might be tired some days and wide awake on other days and who might not mold to a really strict routine very well. Okay, so I want to get to the heart of the whole point of this podcast. It is actually not to talk about when to put a child down to nap. I want to take this concept, same but different, to an adult's life, to your life, and your life for yourself. Let's pretend for a second that you are a parent that uses this concept for nap for your child. You might establish a little nap routine, maybe a little routine of three steps to get ready for nap, maybe an announcement that it's nap time, a hug, turn off the lights and maybe sing a song and then put your child into their crib or bed. But to teach flexibility, you might alter the time a bit if your child seems extra tired or not tired yet. When you are out at someone else's house, maybe you pull out the pack and play and nap happens there at their house and you do your little three-step routine and down they go. Or if you're out shopping, maybe you do that same little routine, you sing your song and then nap happens in the stroller. So let's say that child grows up to be an adult, and now they're an adult who has learned about routine, but who has some flexibility. How can that be used in that person's life to their advantage? How can we take that concept right now and use it to give ourselves the life that we want, or just to make the life that we have a little better, a little happier? I'm going to tell you my thoughts about this. Let's take exercise as an example. I think that a lot of us feel like exercise should be a really strict routine 
of exactly the same. Same time of day, same place. And then when we fall off that strict routine, what happens? I know for me and many times in the past, I have skipped one day of exercise and that means that routine is done. That's it. I completely fall off and stop. So if we apply the same but different concept, we could loosen that up a bit. We might give ourselves more flexibility so that if we don't want to go out for a run one day or it's raining or maybe we missed exercise in the morning and now it's dark out, we can still decide that we're going to do three workouts by the end of the week and those count. Or maybe we sub out another form of exercise instead of a run. We can give ourselves more grace if it doesn't happen in exactly the same way. At the same time, if we find that we are more guilty of maybe being on the completely flexible end of that spectrum, maybe we decide to exercise, say, five times a week. But we really have no routine picked out to do that at all. We just say that we're going to find some time or we're going to wait until we really feel like doing it. And then somehow it just doesn't happen. So in those cases, adding a little bit more routine might be just the thing that we need. Someone using this concept might even plan times in the week for exercise, but Maybe they have three or four different ways to exercise. And then when it comes to that time that is planned, they pick which of the four types they want to do that day. That's the same, but different. And that is all I am going to give you today. But the last thing that I want to share has the intention of getting your wheels in your brain going to think about where else in your life you can use this concept. Where in your relationship or your marriage can you establish routines that are the same but different? Or what about with your friends or at work? A very, very long time ago, I used to have a group of friends that would have a monthly dinner night. But each month, it was a different theme of international food and the way that we would dress, and the cocktails. It was a lot of fun, and we always knew that it would be the same date. I think it was like the first Friday of the month, and it was always at the same person's house, but it was always completely different food and fun each month, and that's exactly what I mean. If you are a teacher or a parent, there are a million different ways that you can use this concept with children so that they can grow up and have both of those qualities in their toolbox of being able to use routine to help themselves and also the ability to be flexible. Now, I know that I am going to keep thinking about this and kind of playing detective to look at my own life and all of the little areas where I can infuse this idea to make my life better. Because there's always room to improve, right? There's always a new day to make our life a little bit better than it was yesterday. So have a great week, my friends, and I wish you all some very flexible routines in your life. Bye.